All right. Okay, so there is a topic that we want to pull up front and center and shoot it down with a shotgun, so to speak, um, because there are a lot of people that may see a relationship like we have with Don uh, and think of it as grooming in the negative sense. Uh, and what I mean by that is people may think that Don is just bringing us into his life and kind of buttering us up so that he can do not good things, uh, which is a very real thing and does happen. Uh, but we wanted to bring this topic up so that we could shoot it down uh, and and just share how how that is not the case here uh, and also talk about the positive side of grooming because in a very real sense, Don is grooming us, but in not the sense that a lot of people would think of it as. Uh, and one thing that Don has shared, uh, a analogy that has helped me to understand this better is when a commander in the military is about to retire, uh, he will begin grooming the next young man to take his place when he leaves. Uh, and so that would be an example where a man is, is grooming a person in a positive sense, preparing him essentially to take his place when he leaves. Uh, and that's much the same way that Don is grooming us um, to be faithful ambassadors for Christ when he leaves this earth. So he is imparting to us his wisdom, his knowledge, uh, his understanding so that when he passes away we can then uh, continue on um, and share that with others as well so we wanted to the topic that we wanted to discuss uh, when it in regards with grooming is the topic of trust and what role trust plays in this kind of relationship when there are people in the world who do groom young men for negative reasons um, so I think yeah. Seth can start yeah, so this is a topic that is really tough for me, only because I am not a trusting person at all. I'm a very skeptical person, and it's very uncommon for me to find anyone that I trust and almost trust fully. And Don has actually been one of the first people that I've ever been able to trust fully, or as close as I can trust fully, with almost any topic or any area of my life. And some of the reasons are, uh, like I said, I'm skeptical. I'm even skeptical at first when I was really diving into Christianity and really asking all those questions. Um, but when it comes to Don, any, any question that I've had, he brings it all back to Scripture. Mm -hmm. And I rely on Scripture as my standard of truth. And if he can bring whatever he's telling me, and particularly any subject that he knows for sure, he brings it back to a verse or a scripture or a passage, and he can show me the context or even a story to help me understand it, uh, that, that was really what hit home with me the first time that we met. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. trust. I have, I have a lot of trust for Don, and I'm a skeptical person. So yeah. Something I would add to that is Don... Um, is always open mm -hmm. to you coming with disagreements mm -hmm. um, with things that Don may may present something and if you disagree and then you talk about why you disagree Don is so welcoming to that and he, he doesn't create a uh, an elevated status for mm -hmm. himself as if he knows everything better than you yeah. but He's very gracious and, and works through that disagreement with you. Um, but like Seth, Seth, or like Daniel said, um, <laughs> he always brings it back to Scripture. And 
grounds everything with the the focal point in Christ and how Christ lived. So, Amen. Yeah, and to add to that too, uh, pretty much from the get go of our of my relationship with Don, uh, Don has been very willing uh, to disclose uh, himself to me and to us, uh, whether it's just him and I together or whether it's uh, Mike and I and him together. Yeah. Uh, there's just been an incredible amount of openness from Don to us about his own struggles. Uh, and so that, coupled with the integrity that I see in Don's life, uh, where and what I mean by that is the person that I see when I'm with Don one-on-one, just having our our time of fellowship together talking about whatever is the person that I see when we're at a worship night or whatever social event that we might be at and so for me I see I see Don in his own uh, I guess privacy like in his own the privacy of his own home but then I also see him out in public and uh, what I see is the very same person uh, in both places Uh, and yeah just his willingness to to disclose himself to us I think is very significant um, and has has built a very deep trust in me for Don to where I could actually say that I trust Don more than any other person on this planet. Uh, and the reason for that is that he has, he has earned it. There's, there's nothing that he's, he's done over these last two years to, to hurt or damage that trust. Uh, and in fact, he's told me many times that he, he holds my trust uh, very precious to him and it's something that he would never want. Uh, to do anything to damage uh, or to lose. Um, and so those, those things together have just grown in me a trust for Don that I don't think I would have for anybody else on this planet, including my own parents. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, um, kind of like what Blake said. It would be very hard to trust Don if um, he didn't share with us what he's going through mm-hmm. um, and if he didn't also trust us. Um, and so just as we've had conversations, as we've lived life together uh, for these last number of years, gradually we've just grown into a deeper and deeper trust between, between each other. And um, yeah, the vulnerability that Don has is, is immense. And it, it is very rare for a, an elderly man Mm -hmm. who who um, is respectable and um, is far further in life than than we are as college students to to disclose himself to us Mm -hmm. Um, but I truly think biblically um, if you look at the life of of Paul and his relationship with Timothy um, and even uh, just in general the the attitude and the mindset of Christ is to be vulnerable and to have that fellowship um, all with the focus on on Christ and I think Don has done that well and so there's no reason why I shouldn't trust Don because um, he's acted Christ-like in so many ways that it would almost seem silly not to trust him and not to take him at his word for for what he says Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something that I wanted to add on what what Daniel said about um, like Don always bringing things back to Scripture, uh, and I too have an attitude where I I 
am quick to challenge anything that I hear uh, from somebody who makes any claim about scripture or something like that. And so over these last two years, I, I can honestly say that I have thoroughly uh, challenged everything that Don has said to me because there are many things that he has said that I do not like. Uh, and so when I hear something that I don't like, uh, I immediately begin to, to challenge it and try to shoot it down and try to find out reasons why he's wrong and, and why it's not scriptural or why I don't need to listen or whatever, this or that, uh, just in my stubbornness. And I consistently have found that the things that he shares are true uh, and accurate and faithful to the Word of God. Uh, and so there, I mean, e even now there are things that he will say and just Im immediately it's like, okay, is this... Is this scriptural? And I always, I always challenge it, and I um, just uh, like so many times have been have been humbled, like in realizing, like, okay, that was just my self wanting that to not be true. But in reality, when I check it with the Word, uh, like it, it all lines up. And so that to see that consistency over the last two years has caused me to to trust Don to the extent where now, if he says something. In any area, in any area that I don't have a very good understanding in, uh, even though I might not have the knowledge to test what he's saying, and I might not really know, I've come to trust his teaching so much that I will choose to to listen. I will choose to listen and believe that um, until I am able to study it more. And even in that, I find consistently that what he shares and teaches is is true to the Word of God and yeah. very accurate. I would like to add, it is very important to find a dawn in your life. Amen. Because, and just to turn the table a little bit, from childhood, I was a very trusting person. But as life goes on, you see all the struggles in everyone's life. And you end up trusting nobody but yourself. And then you can't even trust yourself. So then really finding another human on this earth that you can trust more than anybody else, it just, um, it gives you hope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really shows you, it gives you an example, kind of like how Paul was in so many ways. It gives you an example of how to live as Christ, but also to trust God. Amen. Because so many people just can't trust anybody. So when it comes to trusting God, they have no example in their life. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. it's very beneficial to find a dawn in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. To, to trust is, is just a very precious thing. Mm -hmm. Trust is a precious thing. And um, as Don has been kind of a spiritual father mm -hmm. um, to me, um, as my own father died about four years ago, that has been a needed thing for me as a college student, stepping into life and to and as I've been creating my own worldview and trying to figure out everything that I believe and how it relates to scripture um, I have needed that consistent source of mm -hmm. trust and that is um, ideally something a father and son w would share but it's it's sadly rare mm -hmm. to to have that trust between a father and son so whether it's a mentor or whether you are blessed to have a father that you can trust and go to that is um, so needed uh, just as Daniel said yeah Amen. I think the trust is the very fabric 
that holds relationships together uh, if they're meaningful relationships. And so it would be difficult to exaggerate the importance of trust in relationships. Now, that's true even in business relationships, but it's even more true in uh, deeply personal relationships. I did not have a father that I trusted. Uh, dad was, dad is dead now, but he was not a very good father. So I did not have uh, anyone growing up who could do for me what I now seek to do for these guys. And, and that has been a very conscious choice on my part to give to these guys what I did not have. Uh, and what I believe that every person and every young man needs. Mm -hmm. And that is a father figure that they can talk to about anything and trust yeah. completely. <clears throat> and that leads to uh, one of the commitments that I make, which uh, I think Blake, uh, I believe, was the one who alluded to it. or Micah. Oh, Mike, I think it's Micah. Yeah. Um, but one of the commitments I make is to be shockproof. And I know when I first tell uh, a young man uh, that I guarantee I'll be shockproof no matter what they share, that they're deservedly skeptical. Um, they're like, really? Can I really count on that? <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I think that I have demonstrated that I am shockproof. Um, and that is something that God began working into my life uh, many years ago and it uh, was really driven to um, uh, a point of completion in the sense that other experiences had led up to this but this experience was what showed me more than anything else the vital importance of being shockproof. Uh, in another state years ago, uh, a young man in his mid-twenties came to me and I'd known him maybe a year in that church. And he said, um, Don, there's something in my life that I have never told anyone else about. And I know I need to talk to someone and I'm not ready to do that yet. But I've been watching you and how you relate to people and their problems. And I think when I'm ready to talk that you're the person I want to talk to. And I said, well, I'll be around. And a few weeks later, he came to me one evening and he said, I'm ready to talk. And he told me then that about 10 years earlier, when he was spending summers on a, uh, a relative's farm, that he'd had sex with farm animals on several occasions. And he said, I know that that was a terrible sin and I, I've asked God to forgive me, and I believe he has, but I have never been able to forgive myself. And so we talked for a while and prayed together, and when I hugged him goodnight, he said, for the first time in all these years, I feel forgiven. Now, I believe that the real issue there was not so much guilt as shame, which I did not understand at the time, uh, the difference between the two. And I believe that uh, God's antidote for the two is uh, decidedly different. 
Uh, I believe that his antidote for guilt is, uh, for anyone who really believes the Bible, uh, is repentance and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. But I believe his antidote for shame, the closest I can find at least in the Bible, is in Romans 15, 7 where Paul says, accept one another even as God in Christ Jesus has, for, has accepted you for his glory. When we accept one another as I accepted him that night, knowing the worst about him, that's what he knew. Now Don knows the absolute worst thing about me that no one else but Don knows on this whole planet. But I can see that he accepts me. And now, I can start accepting myself. Uh, it was that acceptance that broke the back of the paralyzing shame that kept him completely isolated up until then. And I believe that that is the gift of acceptance that God wants us to give to one another. And so I guarantee these guys that I will be shockproof. And I want to groom them to be shockproof themselves and to be able to give that gift of acceptance to others who are just as badly in need of it as that young man was. Yeah. And since I've raised the issue of grooming again, um, I want to say that there are, in addition to the military situation where officers will groom uh, a younger person to take their place, <clears throat> Uh, not just when they retire, but when they're just being moved to a different location themselves. And so they've got to prepare someone to take over where they've been. But the same thing is true in the business world. There are business executives and company owners who groom a younger executive or someone to take their place, either when they retire or because they are going to be transferred to a different situation. The principles of grooming are the same across the board. It's only the objective that changes. And that's why any kind of grooming can look suspicious to a person who doesn't understand the concept of positive grooming. If their only framework is negative grooming, which of course is grooming for sexual purposes in our culture, uh, then they're going to tend to read into anything that looks like grooming uh, negative perceptions. But that's where we need to help people understand that that's too narrow a perspective, that we must broaden our perspective to understand grooming because there are a good many examples of positive grooming. I want to groom these guys to be everything they can be for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen.